Hey, calm down for one second. Calm down for one second. We the people sucks and it's dead and buried. It was a stupid idea from bad creative and all that's gone. Hello and welcome to the WWE vs AEW podcast. You're listening to Versus exclusive to Neutral Wrestling. Today we're going to be discussing everything about week two of the Wednesday Night Wars AEW battling against NXT. We're going to be revealing the ratings for you. Who won the ratings on week two? We'll also be going through Dynamite, be going through the NXT show. We're going to be discussing the winner of the week. Who won the week, in our opinion? Who had the better show? And as well as that, we'll be getting on to some of your tweets. We're about to make history, each and every one of you. We use the word revolution because this is a revolution. I am NXT, and I'm not going anywhere. Oh! A little bit of the bubbly. Bruh. This is an official declaration of war tonight. To anyone who wants to get in my way. And anybody who stands in AEW's way. We are NXT! This is what you call a paradigm shift. Hello, back on the show. So it was week two of the Wednesday Night Wars. How is everyone doing? Are you all are you all feeling refreshed after that break from wrestling? I'm joking. Since I last recorded the show, we had... What did we have? We had Smackdown on Friday. We had Hell in a Cell on Sunday. Tuesday night, we had AEW Dark, which I will be getting to later in the show. We also had NWA Power. I know this is a WWE versus AEW podcast, but I'm going to be honest with you. Make sure you check out NWA Power. That was a very, very entertaining hour of wrestling. But I'm sure most of you are here for discussion on the Wednesday Night Wars. So let's not beat around the bush. Do you know what I mean? Let's get straight to it the ratings i'm sure by now most of you know and if you don't know i'm gonna let you know the ratings on week two so let's start let's start with aew aew last week got 1.4 million viewers on tnt now if you'd have asked me at the start of the week i would have said as long as they don't drop below 1.2 They've done all right. Do you know what I mean? There was always, in my opinion, going to be a small drop off. Some people, I heard Wade Keller, he was speculating that they might actually beat the first week's rating. I wasn't so sure about that myself, and that came to pass as the ratings for AEW on TNT was 1.018 million. Um, a further 122,000 did watch on True TV. So if you're looking at the combined amount of viewers. Well, you're looking, you're looking just over, what, 1.3 million, just 1.3, million, 1.1 million, just over 1.1 million tuned in to Dynamite. Now, 
uh, it's not a disaster by any means. It isn't a disaster. It was a little bit disappointing. Do you know what I mean? After it got that high, high rating on week one, part of me was thinking, oh, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if they could hold all those viewers? But it was unrealistic. I mean, there was baseball on. I think it was the... I'm not a baseball fan. I'm more of a basketball and football guy. But... Baseball playoffs were on, so I think that took quite a few viewers, not trying to make any excuses, and obviously the interest factor may not have been there, but you can't... What a time for my cat to decide to come through the cat flap. Anyway, you can't really get away from the fact that they did lose, what, 250,000 viewers from the first week? Now, it's not... It's not the end of the world. It really isn't the end of the world, but it's there. That, that is just the reality of it. Um, hopefully, they can maybe bounce back next week. But as I say, if you'd have spoke to anyone who is on the staff of AEW, I'm sure if you'd have said to them, on week two of Dynamite, you'll be doing 1.1 million. Um, now, the biggest part of all this for AEW, for fans, is... For the second consecutive week, All Elite Wrestling defeated WWE NXT in the rating battles. Now, for some fans, I spoke to a few of them. Myself, Neil, if you're listening, you was one of the ones. You weren't bothered what rating they got. All you was bothered about is that Dynamite beat WWE, and more importantly to you, Vince McMahon. So, if that was what your agenda was, congratulations, AEW winners of the week two ratings as NXT... NXT did 790,000 viewers. That was a loss of, what, 60,000 or something from last week. Now, it, do you know what I mean? It's for me now, this this rating, obviously, let's be honest. Let's really, really be honest. This NXT show, it shocked me. It really did shock me how little promotion the show had. Now, it was almost as if last week WWE accepted. They accepted the fact that, look... We're probably not going to be beating AEW anytime soon. It seemed, I don't know, it seemed like a little bit of a resignation this week because I've said this to people, if WWE really, really wanted to bounce back and crush, well not crush, but defeat AEW in the ratings this week, they would not, as much as the match was great, they would not be having Walter versus Kushida main event. They would not be having the Cruiserweight, sorry, the NXT Cruiserweight title as it has now been named, open the show. Now, to us, they're good matches. Leo Rush against Drew Gulak, Walter against Kushida. They're matches that, if they were lurking about on the internet, I would make sure that I watch them. But for the casual viewer, that is probably not going to draw them into watching the show. Um, also, NXT didn't have, they did not have top-tier talent such as Finn Balor, such as, I was about to say Adam Cole, but Adam Cole was on the show. Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano, Matt Riddle, neither of these on the show this week on NXT. So it was sort of like, don't know, I mean, last week on the show, I did say, did say NXT, they cannot be reactive in this. They need to be proactive. They need to build a great two-hour show. And for me, I'm going to be honest, I enjoyed week two of NXT more than week one. They didn't just throw loads of great matches on paper at the wall and hope it stuck. No, they built. They built to the following week. Now, we're going to get into that in the NXT review. But, do you know what I mean? Sometimes you've got to take two steps back to take one forward. Now, they only got 790,000 viewers this week. And I'm sure, do you know what I mean? I'm sure they was hoping for more, but that wasn't the case. The only thing that you can say from this is... 
not every NXT show is going to be like this. It's not going to have matches that aren't really going to draw much of an audience. So really, you're saying 790,000. You can probably say no time soon are NXT going to drop below 750,000. So that is one positive that you can take from this. You've sort of seen probably as low as they're going to go anytime soon. Um, so yeah, that's basically the summary of the ratings. Obviously, the drop is what? What is it for AEW? It's about 19, 20% drop. Maybe not quite that high, but it is around that mark. And well, I've had people say that is what they expected. Personally, I didn't think the drop would be as big, but it, it is. That's just a fact of life. Do you know what I mean? Maybe all elite wrestling, maybe that, that's what they're going to average from now on a million viewers. It's not the worst start. I'm sure Tony Khan is delighted by getting a million viewers each week. So, do you know what I mean? If you'd have took a million viewers to Tony Khan at the start of this, he would have took it definitely on week two. Um, obviously, next week, they've got a world title match on their show. They've got a women's title match on their show. Possibly more of an intriguing card going into it than this week was. Um, so, yeah, maybe they will bounce back next week. I'm not sure if the baseball playoffs are still going on next Wednesday. Right, so that is basically your ratings talk on the show. So just to recap, 1.018 million for AEW on TNT with a further 122,000 on True TV and AEW, NXT, sorry, 790,000. So that is enough ratings talk, as I said last week. Now let's get into the fun stuff. Let's get into the professional wrestling part of the show and as ever i'm going to start with a e w dynamite now this show was from boston um the building it obviously it wasn't the it wasn't the td garden do you know what i mean it wasn't the it wasn't the biggest of arenas i think i had a look before i watched dynamite and i think the building held seven thousand at capacity probably what five and a half six thousand you could see on the TVs, where the, the side that they were filming from, the hard cam, there was empty seats that you could see. They didn't cover them up like WWE would. I mean, some people may think they should have done, but they didn't. There was some empty seats. Now, read into that what you will. To me, <laughs> do you know what I mean? They sold 6,000 seats. Do you know what I mean? I thought maybe in Boston, a pretty big wrestling city, wrestling town, they might sell out. But that wasn't the case. Do you know what I mean? But... That's just the way it is. They've sold out for next week. So I'm sure I heard that they'd sold out the first five weeks of TV. But this did not look the case. Well, it definitely hadn't sold out. So what that was, I don't know. But forget the crowd. This match that opened the show, it was the Young Bucks versus the Private Party in the quarterfinals. Quarterfinals of the AEW Tag Team titles. Now, they did a nice little video package before the match start, explaining sort of a backstory to the match, how the Young Bucks recruited Private Party, how it was them that signed to the company, so it was only fitting that they faced them in this tournament. Now, the match, and as I said before, if you're looking for a review show where I'm going to go, the Young Bucks hit a move on Private Party. They then climbed to the top rope, they then kicked him in the stomach two times. They then no sold this. I'm not going to do that. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure most of you have watched it. And if not, I'm sure you're just capable of having a summary of the show. So I'm not going to go through all the moves. But the summary of this match, it was great, wasn't it? It was a great match. Probably probably the best TV. It was definitely the best TV match in AEW so far. You could see Private Party were green in parts. But the Young Bucks 
definitely helped them out. And it was just a great match. It got over the private party with this audience. The crowd, we said it wasn't full, but they were excellent for this match. An absolutely outstanding crowd going absolutely crazy for the entire match. Um, no, I said I, said I wasn't going to talk about moves, but there was a spot where I think it was Mark Quinn and he hits four dives over the top rope to the Young Bucks. And, well, the crowd, literally, the building's shaking. Everyone's chanting AEW. It was just a great, great moment. The match itself went about 15 minutes. Um, the match ended with a roll-up finish for Private Party. Now, I was sat watching the match, and I thought the only way the Private Party are going to win is via a roll-up, not to toot my own horn. But I love the match. Didn't like who won. I'm not here to complain, but for me, I was worried this was going to happen I feel like the Young Bucks, like Kenny Omega, they sort of want to please the internet crowd. And if you read Twitter, you will hear people and see people saying, oh, I hope they don't just book themselves over, everyone. Do you know what I mean? We've seen that before. But by doing this, to me, they need to establish themselves as super, excuse the pun, superstars. Kenny Omega, there's like, what, 1.4 million watched last week. Not everyone is going to know the Young Bucks. Not everyone is going to know Kenny Omega. Do you know what I mean? They've probably heard a buzz. They've probably heard about these guys. And then for them, the casuals are going to be watching. They're going to see them lose. For me, not the way to go. But at the same time, you made private party. So where you lose on one hand, you win on the other in a way. So for me, I would have had the Young Bucks go over here. But they like to do surprises. And this show really did help get over some of their younger talent. So that was a great opening to the show, really strong opening. The first 40 minutes to the show were absolutely fantastic, really. I, re I really, really enjoyed the opening 40 minutes of the show, and it was followed by the Chris Jericho promo. Now, this was, this was one of the best promos on American TV for wrestling in years and years. It was just great. Jericho, he... This guy is so good in the mic. Think how good he was in WWE. Imagine, imagine if he had the freedom in WWE for all those years to do what he did here in one night. Just an amazing promo. He's, he calls Sammy Guevara a sexy Spaniard. He builds up Jack Hager. He, the way he shut down the we, the we The People chant was excellent. I'm sure you've already heard that at the opening of the show. I'm going to try and put the full Chris Jericho promo at the end of this show. So make sure you stay tuned right to the very end. And if you want to re-hear that amazing Chris Jericho promo, watch, I've said that now and I won't be able to edit in. But I'm hoping to edit in at the end of the show. But yeah, it was just a great promo. The Inner Circle, that is the name of Chris Jericho's stable. And he did a great job of putting them over. It was just great, wasn't it? Great, great promo. It established the group. People last week who were saying, well... They're a bit of a bit of an oddball of like a group, really. Why well, don't get why they're all together? Chris Jericho explained this now. He has recruited these guys. And here's a little tidbit if people didn't know. 10, 12 years ago in WWE, um, Chris Jericho actually put forward an idea to Vince McMahon to have Jack Swagger, as he was known at the time, to be his bodyguard. And Vince McMahon knocked that back. And here we are. Fast forward to 2019, and that is the role Jack Swagger, now known as Jack Hager, is playing. So... Everything has come full circle for the inner circle. So, yeah, great promo. I mean, the, the crowd were going apeshit for this. How he shut that We The People chant down was just brilliant. And, yeah, really, really enjoyed this. Next, 
we had a match that caused a little bit of controversy. It was the number one contenders match where the winner of this match, Jimmy Havoc versus Darby Allen, would face Chris Jericho for the title next week on Dynamite. Um, now, obviously, people are saying, what have they done to deserve this? Now, we're only early. We've only had, what, most most of the wrestlers on the show have only had four to five matches. Um, Darby Allen won his last match on AEW Dark against Shima in a great match. Well, it was a very good match last week on AEW Dark. So, a Drew with Cody Rhodes, who is the real number one contender for the pay-per-view, full gear. So... You Darby Allen, you've drawn with Cody Rhodes, took him to the limit, you've beat a legend in wrestling in Shima, so why should you not have a number one contenders match? That would be Darby Allen's argument. Jimmy Havoc, he won the what was it, the Cracker Barrel Challenge back at all out. Um so yeah. J- J- Jimmy Havoc, I'm sorry, I'm just laughing because I watched that match in a bar in London after um the New Japan show, and one lad that I was with was drunk, and when Jimmy Havoc won decided to do Aeroplane spins around the bar. So, yeah, that just reminded me of that. So, yeah, so Jimmy Havoc has won a match going into this. Darby Allen wins a match going into it. Sure, it's not pack, but they just wanted probably to have Darby Allen in the match next week, and this was a way of doing it. It wasn't like they was coming into the match on defeats, on heavy defeats, so I, I was fine with it. And um, So, yeah, the match itself was... Really, Jimmy Havoc, you need him to be in like a hardcore match really to get the best out of him. It, it, it was fine. It was fine. It was wasn't great. It was it was all right. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't the Young Bucks versus Private Party, but it didn't need to be. Did the job of getting Darby Allen over. Um, the coffin drop is just a great finishing move, and that is exactly what Darby Allen wins with in this match. It was about a two and a half star match. People might hate star ratings. I don't really care because that's what I use as a basis to decide if I'm going to watch matches. There's a lot of matches around the world these days. And for me, seeing star ratings helps me to decide which one I will watch from, say, independent promotions. So for those of you who hate star ratings, deal with it. Right. So after the Jimmy Havoc Derby Allen match, we had what it was what was it the next match? It was the women's tag team match. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a second. It was Britt Baker and the new women's champion Rio against Emi Sakura and B Priestley. Not going to talk about this match in great deal because it wasn't very good. For me, I did not enjoy this match. Not one bit. It, it wasn't very good. It went too long. It went, I think it did it go over 10 minutes. Pretty sure it did. Um, they're just trying to build to a Britt Baker B Priestley match. I'm assuming at full gear. Um, there was one, the, the highlight of the match for me was Jim Ross. Now, Jim Ross, I don't think he was trying to be a, an idiot with this. I nearly swore then. I don't think he was trying to be an idiot, but he really did. I don't even know how to put this. So, he poses the question. He poses the question of why is Sakura? why is she a legend? What has she done to deserve the legend brand? I was sat there, and when he asked this question to Excalibur, I thought to myself, oh, I hope, I hope he's got a good answer, I hope he knows. And Excalibur, he didn't blink with any, any part of him did not blink, he just busted out, well, she's trained this person, she's trained that person, she's a multi-time champion, and, well, she's a legend. (laughs) I just thought it was great, it was great. Obviously, Jim Ross was trying to test Excalibur, and Excalibur passed the test with flying colours. Next week, they randomly announced that Rio will be defending the Women's Championship against Britt Baker. So, that will be an interesting match. 
Now, after this match, we had a weird part of the show. It was pretty strange. It was a best friends promo where they are asked... I, don't, I can't remember what they was asked. They was asked something. Anyway, and Orange Cassidy is sat there. It goes to Orange Cassidy, who I love. He was one of the stars on the independent shows at WrestleMania weekend. And he sat there, get a huge pop from the crowd, and all of a sudden the lights go on. I'm thinking, straight away you think, oh, big debut. No, it's just Sean Spears making his entrance. It was a really weird transition from one segment to the other. Um, I wasn't really a big fan of it. But um, Moxley, John Moxley has his match against Sean Spears. I'd, for me, I'd be making a bit of a bigger deal out of John Moxley, but they're doing well. They're doing the best, aren't they? Moxley wins this match. Um, the match was actually hard. It was hard for me to concentrate on because we had Pack on commentary, who pretty much, rightly or wrongly, sort of made the match all about himself by just talking about why wasn't he in the number one contenders match earlier on in the show, um, which you could really, do you know what I mean? You could justify an argument for that, but. It wasn't really necessary. I didn't feel to do this the entire match, which he did. Uh, Moxley gets the win. Um, he's then confronted by Kenny Omega, who comes out with a mop, a barbed wire mop, and a barbed wire bat. He throws the bat to John Moxley. They're ready to fight, only for Pack to attack Kenny Omega from behind. So it looks like we maybe we'll get that match announced for next week. It would not surprise me. Um, I don't think it really made sense for Moxley to then not attack. Omega after it. How can you go from one week wanting to put the guy through a glass table to the next week having him prone to the ground and just not even bothering? But that was how they booked it. Now, the story of this show for me, I loved the first 40 minutes. And then after that, I felt like we needed maybe maybe a video package, maybe another promo or something. It was just literally wrestling and wrestling and wrestling. Now, some people like that. I like that. But, for me, I felt like we needed a little bit more build-up. Maybe even a Hangman Page video package or a Hangman Page interview or something like that to just to ready for the main event. But, we didn't get it. And as we go to the main event, it was Hangman Page and Dustin Rhodes against Chris Jericho and the sexy Spaniard, Sammy Guevara. Um, Dustin Rhodes, so over in this match. He was great. The match itself was actually pretty good, I actually enjoyed the match, and then, but what the thing that everyone was talking about after the match was all the interference, we had LAX out, we had the Young Bucks out, um, then the lights go out again, and Cody Rhodes appears, Cody Rhodes appears, um, he sort of beats him down, but he's getting three on one, M four on one I think it was, MJF comes out to make the save, we all think MJF is going to turn, and he didn't, he didn't, it was a great moment, MJF, Still acting like an idiot. He's gloating about this. Boom. I think he got a Judas effect. Maybe even a cold breaker in there for good measure. But yeah. So then the Chris Jerry, the moment of the show. This will be, in a year's time, this will be played back in video packages. Maybe in the intro to the show. Chris Jericho is on the outside. Darby Allen comes down on his skateboard. Takes out Chris Jericho. Lays into him. Just a great, great ending to the show. It reminded me of back in the day on Monday Night Raw where you'd have that ongoing story going through the show and then at the end of the show it'd just be pure carnage, runnings galore. So this was great. I thought it was really well booked. They've almost laid out the full gear, most of the full gear card in one segment. Do you know what I mean? You can have the Young Bucks versus LAX. You can have Sammy Guevara versus Dustin Rhodes. Hangman Page versus Jack Hager, maybe they'll do it on TV 
in the upcoming weeks leading to the show, but I would not. I, I love a bit of I love it when they have um, stable wars in wrestling. I think we're all big fans of that, and nothing changed there. I was a big fan of that. So overall, AEW, I enjoyed the show. I thought it was really good. The opening 40 minutes were spectacular. The end was great. The bits in the middle for me dragged a little bit, but it's TV. You're not going to get bang, bang, bang the entire show. So for me, I had a great match, a great promo, and a great angle. Really, what, what more could you ask for from a TV show? So thumbs up on this. Um, I put the poll out on the WWE versus AEW Twitter. Make sure you follow us right away to ask what you thought on the show. Was it a winner? A loser or are you split? Unanimously, 78% of you said the show was a winner. 14% were split and 8% was going with loser. So 78% of you loved the show, which, do you know what I mean? That's great. Last week's show was actually 77% of you. So an extra 1% enjoyed the show more than last week. I'll agree I enjoyed the show probably, probably more than last week. Do you know what I mean? I thought this was a real, real thumbs up. So that's that's AW Dynamite. What about NXT? So NXT had Drew Gulak versus Leo Rush open the show. It wasn't quite your big match like they did last week with Matt Riddle versus Adam Cole. Like I said last week on the podcast, for me, the importance for NXT is to not react to what AEW are doing. Go out there, give the show that you want to give. Be proactive. Book the show how you want to give. And they got back to that this week. Do you know what I mean? They had the Drew Gulak-Leo Rush match. Walter versus Kushida. They spent a lot of the show with video packages building up next week and weeks down the road. And um, We had a few squash matches to get over talent. That is what NXT have been doing for years. They like the Rhea Ripley squash match that they did. They've been doing that for years on NXT, so don't change what you're doing, I know as hard as it's going to be, I'm sure Vince is going to chip his oar in if AEW have beaten NXT for 10 weeks in a row, which, spoiler alert, is going to happen, I might eat my words, but I can't see AEW losing to NXT in these ratings unless NXT pull over a Roman Reigns, pull over a Daniel Bryan, but... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I don't really want that to happen, but it would not surprise me. So they opened the show with Drew Gulak versus Leo Rush. This was a really good match. Really, really good match. As I say, I'm not going to go move for move. Um, go and sit, go and watch this match if you've not seen it. Leo Rush is great. What more could you want? He's great in the ring. He showed when he in his main roster run when he was Lashley's manager how great he is on the mic. I think if Leo Rush was in AEW, he'd be very, very high up in the pecking order. He'd probably be maybe higher than even where Sammy Guevara is right now. Maybe even Darby Allen because this guy has got it all. Leo Rush is great. He's a great professional wrestler. And more importantly, the crowd seem to love him now. Um, so Leo wins um, with the frog splash. Great tribute to Eddie Guerrero on what would have been his 52nd birthday. Um, Eddie Guerrero, what a wrestling legend that man is. Wrestling legend. Love Eddie Guerrero. Um, so the match, after the match, Gulak begrudgingly shook the hand of Leo Rush. I really enjoyed this. Um, maybe these two will have a match further down the line, which I would be a fan of seeing. So yeah, go and see this match. I gave it three and a half stars on Grapple. Um, so yeah, go and see it. 
Um, next, we got a Finn Balor hype video. Yes, this is what AEW need more of. They hyped up Finn Balor. They did a video package on Tegan Knox explaining where she's been, what happened to her, getting us emotionally invested behind her. What they did with Tegan Knox is what they should in AEW be doing for Hangman Page. We have no reason to be emotionally attached to Hangman Page and even a couple of other wrestlers, yeah? So do some video packages. You're great at doing video packages. We've all seen the Road 2 shows. You are great at video packages, possibly even better than WWE. So get some of these video packages to build up your talent on the shows. Do you know what I mean? You don't have to have match after match after match after match. But if that's the way you want to do, that is fine. So I talked about the Rhea Ripley squash match. Rhea Ripley comes out there. Great theme music, by the way. Great theme music. She looks like a star. How is she only 22 years old? 22 years old. She's going to be a star on the main roster in a few years. Unless Vince gets his grubby mitts on her. Um, joking. Well, I'm not. But um, So, yeah. Great, great squash match. That finisher. It was like a scorpion deathlock. Mid-air scorpion deathlock slash figure four. Amazing finisher. If you've not seen it. Just, just search it on Twitter or YouTube. It was fantastic. Love that finisher. I can't wait till she does it on Shayna, which is going to happen. Rhea Ripley is the one to take the title away from Shayna. How do you get to that? Have her destroy people like this, which is why squash matches will always be valuable in wrestling. Check out NWA Power for that. Um, after the match, she says she's coming for Shayna Baszler as well. So, yeah, this match is going to happen at some point, possibly at the TakeOver in November. Next, Breezango versus the Forgotten Sons. Um, well, let's not talk about the Breezango entrance. It wasn't... It might be for some people, so if you enjoyed it, fair enough. We're not here to judge. Um, the Forgotten Sons, they're really... <laughs> they're just not over, are they? I feel a bit sorry for them. The match itself was fine. It was a decent little match. I enjoyed it. Um, the Forgotten Sons get the win, but I'm not really sure where they're going with the Forgotten Sons. This was just a match for match sake. So we had a great opening to the show, and now it seems to be going down a little. Quite reminiscent to Dynamite, to be honest with you. We have Boa against Cameron Grimes. Squash match again, um, and then Killian Dane comes out, which was... <laughs> Whatever, whatever. Next we have, oh, Swerve versus Roderick Strong. Now, it'll always be Shane Strickland to me. You look at him on his independent run, he comes out Shane Strickland and he's got, ain't nobody. He's got that amazing song, his entrance theme. I've been in buildings where the entire arena's chanting it. And he comes out here to the most generic theme music possible with his new name and I was thinking oh what have you done to Shane Strickland what have you done to him he was still all right in the match but this guy Shane Strickland you didn't need to change him I know you seem to like to brand everyone but it'll always be Shane Strickland to me but anyway he has his match with Roderick Strong it was f another fine match it wasn't great or anything um undisputed sort of give Roderick the assist this brings out Velveteen Dream, who does... Well, he puts a picture on Roderick Strong on the big screen of him with his penis out. A Photoshop version. Not sure how you want to see this in NXT. Fair enough, it builds the match. It's going to be part of Velveteen Dream's character. We then transition to Tommaso Ciampa coming out. Although I hated his theme music at first because I prefer the silence. This theme song is fantastic. And it was great to hear it again. He comes out and he just says, Goldie... 
daddy's home. Simple but effective. I actually like this. It built up Velveteen Dream Roderick Strong and it built up Adam Cole versus Tommaso Ciampa. So this was a nice segment. It was fine. I enjoyed it. Um, and then backstage, Kathy Kelly's trying to interview Tommaso Ciampa and they set up the Ciampa Garza match for next week on television. So... I thought Tommaso Ciampa said that he would not be ready for a return to action, that he hot-shotted his return last week. But he's wrestling next week, so I was wrong. Um, next, Dakota Kai versus Bianca Belair. Saw a lot of people saying this was a terrible match. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good match. Um, do you know what I mean? They're not the finished article. They're the, they've only been wrestling, do you know what I mean? For, what, a couple of years, I'm presuming. Um, it was clunky in parts, but they worked their asses off. They're both green, but I enjoyed this match. It was good. Um, Bianca gets the win, and I like both of them. I think both of them will have a good future with WWE. I went three stars on this match. I enjoyed it. Um, main event time. I think I think in between, we did have a segment building up. We had another Finn Balor build-up segment. We had a segment building up the Pete Dunne. Damian Priest nearly said Punishment Martinez. Damian Priest match for next week. And so, yeah. Keep building towards next week. I like the video packages, but this main event, this main event, Kushida versus Volta. This, this right here, this was a match. I love this match. Fantastic stuff. The best match of the week. Put a poll up on Twitter and you all went with the Young Bucks against Private Party. Now, that was a good match, but this, for me, this is a proper match. Underdog versus the big guy, a no-nonsense big guy. The crowd are into it. Even Mauro, I could sort of handle him. I'm not the biggest Mauro. Ranella fan, please don't hold it against me. Um, I just think he screams too much. But this was, I just loved, loved, loved this match. Great match. Um, the, one of the things where Kushida, unfortunately, slips off the rope. I've never seen him do that before. But Volta, he's an experience. He doesn't need to be in the developmental centre Whatever, performance center, whatever you call that crap. No, Walter, split second, as soon as Kushida falls off the road, Walter is up to hit the drop kick on him. Great stuff, great stuff from Walter. And the match is back and forth. Kushida and Walter going against each other. There was times where I thought Kushida had the win, but in the end, no nonsense, Walter wins. And I love the fact that an NXT on USA goes off air with that man, Walter, Ending the show. Walter is one of the best wrestlers on the planet. I've been watching him for years. And it's great to see him get his chance in NXT. So yeah. That was the show. That was both shows. Now. I really, really enjoyed both of them. I really did. I mean, I thought they were very similar in a way where we had great openings. Um, and great finishes with a bit of a boring, boring, bit of a downward part in the middle. Um, but. I couldn't split between them. Spoiler, for the winner of the week, I just couldn't. And I'm still a bit torn now. There was I can see why Dynamite was the better show in terms of it was... I'll probably remember that. I'll never forget that Chris Jericho promo. In years' time, we will still remember it. Maybe we'll have forgotten some of the stuff on NXT. But as a show, I got a little bit more bored during the middle of Dynamite than, say, NXT. So, spoiler alert, I could not split these two shows apart. I thought they were both great shows. And I genuinely, I was sat there racking my brains for ages thinking, which one, which one was the better show? And I thought, I can't decide. I can't decide. So, 
<sighs> I'll, I'll let you lot decide dinner. <laughs> I put the poll up on Twitter. On the podcast, I give my show of the week award at the conclusion. I enjoyed both shows an equal amount this week, so the decision is handed over to you. And, well, you made me look stupid. 71% of you went with AEW Dynamite over the 29% of you that went with NXT. So, for the second straight week, the WWE versus AEW podcast winner of the week went to All Elite Wrestling. So, as I said, I couldn't really decide myself, but that was the way that you went. So, 2-0 to AEW in show quality and 2-0 in terms of the ratings. Um, so, now we're going to go to some of your tweets. I do appreciate the tweets, you know what I mean? It is nice to have like a little bit of fan input during these shows. So, I asked for your thoughts on AEW Dynamite, WrestlingMaps.com. Quick plug for you guys. You said it was amazing. Um, to Mocha, he said better than last week. Jonathan Berry, he loved the promo from Chris Jericho. And um, we had Jeff Atwood who said, Amazing. AEW is changing the wrestling world right now, and it is great. Hashtag AEW. Yeah, they are changing the wrestling world. We have really we have Tony Khan to thank for even for WWE doing their best at the moment because they weren't doing a year ago. WrestleNalia? WrestleNalia. I am high as a kite. Feels good to be this excited about wrestling again. And that is it. That is the buzz when AEW Dynamite goes off air. Chris Rice, he said that there, was a da- there wasn't a down minute the entire two hours. The crowd ranged from hot to insanely hot. Absolutely everyone there is working their asses off. And it is the best weekly two hours of wrestling I have seen in ages. I completely agree with you. It was a very good wrestling show. Um, Bowler Gravy, excellent show. Um, Lynch GRFX I don't know if he's trolling or if he just hates AEW he fell asleep he doesn't care about 90% of the roster you always get one don't you <laughs> only joking with you mate um, on the other hand NXT I put didn't really get as much response to this but I said how has NXT been Athesis said it was pretty good Darren from MN said both shows are very watchable tonight I haven't felt this way in 18 years, and my body is here for it. Paul Medley, he's an AEW fan, I'm guessing. He doesn't know, as his attention is all on hashtag AEW Dynamite. So, that was your Twitter input. I thank everyone that replied to the tweets, as it is always good to get a little bit of fan response on these shows. So, I'd like to end the shows with... What do we have for you next week? What are we going to be discussing next week on the podcast? And what are we going to be watching next week, next Wednesday night on our televisions? NXT, they did a great job of plugging next week. They've got Pete Dunne versus Damian Priest. Tommaso Ciampa versus, I don't even know his first name, Garza. It's Hector Garza's kid, is it? Hector Garza's nephew. And we have the match that I'm looking forward to. The fourth match in the series of Keith Lee versus... Dominic Dijakovic, he'll always be Dijak to me, but those two always have great matches, and I'm sure if they're going to main event, which I think they might do next week, we will get that, hopefully that PWG match that we got a couple of years ago in the bowler tournament. Um, AEW, they've got Britt Baker versus Rio for the Women's Championship, and the main event for the AEW Heavyweight title, Chris Jericho against Darby Allen. they did a great job. A great job of building that up this week with, obviously, the angle with the skateboard at the end of the show. So, yeah, next week, some great matches. I'm sure, I'm sure AEW 
I think they'll probably get more viewers than this week slightly. NXT, I think it might be around the same, but we will see. Um, it's pretty much everything, really. Oh, finally, AEW Dark. Now, I'm not sure if any of you watched this. This week, it featured a lot of pretty good matches. We had Darby Allen versus Shima. However, next week on the show, make sure you watch it. Tuesday evening on YouTube. I think it's American. In, uh, 11 o'clock Eastern Time in America. Not 11 o'clock Eastern Time. That's in the UK. I think 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. Whatever it is on YouTube. Um, main event, Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela. I'm not going to spoil that by saying the winner or what happens. But I've heard that it got a lot of time and it was a great match. So make sure you tune into AW Dark for the Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela match. So that's it. That's the end of the show. That is week two in the Wednesday Night Wars, the WWE versus AEW podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Neutral Wrestling. If you just search Neutral Wrestling into Podbean, into Apple, into YouTube, you will find all of our sh- all of our shows. Follow us on Twitter, WWE versus AEW. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button. We will be back next week to discuss week three of the Wednesday Night Wars right here on the WWE versus AEW podcast. Thanks for listening. Here's the news flash. Shut your mouth and sit down. At the end of the episode, you saw the five of us beating the hell out of all elite We proved who we are, the five of us here. We are next, we are now. These are my confidants here, the four closest men to me that I've ever met. And people have been asking me all week, hey Chris, we're the five of you, are you still gonna be aligned? Are you gonna work together more? Do you have a name? The answer is yes to all of it. And let me explain who we are and what we're about. Look at this guy right here, Sammy Guevara. Look at him. He looks like a Spanish god. Look how sexy he is. And not only is he a teenage heartthrob, he's one of the greatest performers I've seen at his age in a long time. He's athletic, he's acrobatic, he is simply amazing, and he is on my list. And then look at these two psychos beside me right here, Santana and Ortiz. You might have seen them around, but I'll tell you what, they're dirtier than they've ever been. They're nastier than they've ever been. I personally recruited them to AEW, and they are ready to fight. They're angry. They're pit bulls among pit bulls. They're street fighter back alley brutes, and I like it. And that's why they made my list. Viva la raza. This man right here, this giant behind me, 
You may think you know who he is, but his real name is Jake Hagar. And yeah, Jake Hagar, he's a former world champion, but more importantly, right here, right now, he is the toughest, most terrified, most crazy MMA fighter in the world today. Okay, hold on. Second, calm down for one second. We the people sucks and it's dead and buried. It was a stupid idea from bad creative and all that's gone. Jake Hagar is the most feared MMA fighter on the planet today, and guess what? He's undefeated, and that's a shoot. That makes him the toughest man in AEW. That makes him the toughest man in the entire professional wrestling business, baby. So he's not afraid to challenge any fighter, wrestler, boxer, MMA guy, former MMA guy, street bum, bare knuckle fighter, you name it. Hager's ready, look at him, he's a giant. These are my closest confidence. These are my friends. This is my inner circle. We are the inner circle.